Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. We are at the end of our sermon series called Back to Church Sunday. And that means if you've been coming back to church, you don't stop. Yeah, just keep coming. Right? It just gets better and better and better in Jesus' name. So we want to encourage you to be a part of that. The whole idea behind Back to Church Sunday is maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you got saved when you were young or I, I don't know what era and you were going and you were in there and you were faithful and you were going all the time and then I don't know work happened or I don't know COVID happened or I don't know somebody got really sick and before you knew it you just missed a bunch of Sundays and before you know it you're like I don't know how to get back I don't want to look like that person who shows back up to church and you know there's going to be that person I don't know his name but Corky comes to mind and where have you been And that's not what Back to Church Sunday is about, right? It's more like, welcome home. Welcome home. We've missed you. Let's go have some fun. Let's go break some bread. let's, Let's do this walk together. And that's what church is supposed to be about, amen? So if you got a chance to come back to church because of Back to Church Sunday, we're pumped and we're excited and bless you for coming. Folks, We've been in this series, Back to Church Sunday, we've been really discovering the benefits of developing a, that deep foundation of, of grace and loving God. First week, we looked at the good news of Jesus' life, His death, His burial, His resurrection. And then last week, we took a dive into really discipleship, the idea of prayer and the idea of reading your Bible And we love to use the tool called Life Journal. But the bigger point is what? What's the main point? Just being His presence every day. And where do you start? Start small. Why? So you can do it the rest of your life. Once you start a little bit, once you do that, you add a little more, like weightlifting, right? You start off with real light weight and a lot of reps, and then you start doing a little bit more weight, and a little bit less reps. Before you know it, you're doing massive weights. So this week, we're going to talk about the beauty of the church and the joy of being connected in fellowship, connected in community. There's a story of a young gal named Linda, and she was traveling alone in a really rugged highway from Alberta to, well, to the Yukon. Now, Linda... Let's just say she wanted adventure, but she was a little naive about what she was doing in traveling all alone. And so she goes, and as she's going, she's going to a place in this little rundown Honda Civic. So she went where, well, really only four-wheel drive would go. And she found a place before she hit the, the really hit the highway where she could spend the night. And she goes up to the clerk and says, hey, can I get a 5 a.m. wake-up call? And the clerk just looked at her really strange and odd and says, all right. Well, she wakes up the next morning, opens up the window to see that there's fog so thick you can't even really see the cars in the parking lot. And now she understood why he said, you're not taking off early in the morning in this fog. 
Well, she wanted to look strong and tough, so she ended up in her way, you know, over in there into the little restaurant they had and, and ordered a breakfast and a couple. There was nobody else in the, in the little diner and except for a couple of truckers. And the truckers say, well, young lady, how you doing over there? In this neck of the woods, we like to eat together. Why don't you come on over here and join us? Not feel, you know, feeling a little strange, but she felt obliged because it was so friendly and so non-threatening. And she went over there and they said, well, where are you headed? I'm headed up to the Yukon. The truckers both look outside the window and they see that little Honda Civic. They go, in that? She goes, yeah. He says, no, sweetie, no, you're not. He goes, matter of fact, it looks like we're going to have to hug you. You ain't touching me, she says. He goes, no, 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 no. We're both truck drivers. Joe here will take the front, I'll take the back, and we'll put you between the two of us, and we'll hug you. We'll make sure you get through the pass all the way to Yukon. So for the rest of the day, she stared at those two little red lights in front of her, knowing that she had support behind her if something was to go wrong. You see, that's what fellowship is in the body of Christ. There's times in life where it's so hard and so heavy. You think you got it on your own, but there's too much fog in life. You can't see clearly what's going on. What you need are those who've been there before who can go in front of you and those who can support you and be there behind you to make sure nothing happens. That's fellowship. That's the church. It's the body of Christ. The Apostle Paul really understood the value of fellowship. In the book of Romans, Paul encouraged the church to to play its part in the family of God. His words are as helpful and as insightful as they were back then, today. And so let's look at it here in Romans chapter 12. Start at verse 3 and it reads, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now, this passage really begins with some really life-changing advice. Paul told the listeners to be honest about who they really are. Now, it means look at the man, look at the woman in the mirror, and be honest with that person. Not condemning not full of guilt and shame, and also not full of guilt or, uh, I would say, greed and obnoxious arrogance. Just be authentic and real with yourself. 
And be careful. You have to be honest with yourself. Why? Because if you're not, you can't really make the adjustments you need to make in your life if you just keep ignoring them. I don't know if you guys have ever watched that show, Pimple uh, Popper. And you look around, some of these people, they got these things on their faces and this thing over here and this thing, and you're like going, how long have you had it? Oh, 30 years. What? What are you doing? Take an honest assessment. Look, that ain't right. Bring it over so it can be dealt with. Oh man, the one that had the thing down here, like, wow. Folks, look true in the mirror. Look true in the mirror and see what God is showing you and says, that thing needs to be dealt with. Don't, don't ignore it. Why? Because it's not good for you. It's stopping your life from being all that God wants it to be. Deal with that thing. Time to pop it. Somebody say amen. amen. Pastor, please move on. <laughs> amen. amen. She don't like that show. The church really is a body with, with hands, with feet, with eyes, with ears. And without these unique parts of the body, the other parts of the body suffer. God has given different gifts to different people. When we offer, not demand our gift to be used, but when we offer our gift, the church as a whole becomes, listen to this, it really becomes a witness to our God about our God and His love and His power. Your gifts are to highlight Christ, to highlight the King of Kings, His kingdom. It's not about highlighting oneself. But when all of us are utilizing the unique gift God gave you, and we mix them together in fellowship, we highlight Christ. And that is really the importance of using your gift. Now we're behaving as Jesus did. How He used what He was for the kingdom. A lot of times we want to just kind of do things our own way and kind of go solo. And life is not a Lone Ranger thing. It's not a solo thing. When we try to do life alone, we might go really fast. But we ain't going to go very far. It is so important to understand when we do life together, we can go way farther together than we can if we try to go alone. So Paul explained the motivation behind fellowship that, that makes up our witness to the world as a church, as, as a Christian, as a single person. You know what it is? It's real simple. It's just love. It's just love. That's the motivation Let's look at Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 9, go to verse 13. And just right off the bat, would you read this part with me? Ready, begin. Don't just pretend to love others. Whoa, let's stop there. Don't just pretend. Have you ever had people patronize you? 
I mean, I, there's a lot of things I don't like, but that's one of them. It's at the top of the list. Don't patronize me. Don't, don't fake it. Don't act like you like me or act like you love me when you really don't. You know what I'm talking about? Whether it's family members or people who are supposed to be your friends, and you can tell something's just off. What's he trying to tell us? That's how the world lives. And if you're a Christian, you're not to pretend you like somebody. You're to love them authentically. Love them the way Jesus loves them. No perversion, no twistedness, no, no conditions. I'll do this so you'll do this. No, we love unconditionally. It's called agape love. Moving on in verse 9, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. My mom was really interesting. My dad, they always had a little kitty. They had a little envelope. They always called it the kitty. And my dad would do all these side jobs, and they always put some money in this thing. And I'm like, what's that for? Is it for a rainy day? They go, no. It was for when somebody came and they knew somebody was in need, they would pull it out and they would give. It was money set aside that they were ready to help in a time of need. It wasn't part of the family budget. It wasn't for the savings account. It wasn't for the building thing. It was for when somebody was in need, they would give maybe 20 bucks, maybe 100, maybe 1,000. Whatever the need was, they felt they would do, they would do. Isn't that interesting how the Scripture says, when God's people are in need, what's it say? Be ready to help them. Wow. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Wow. See, sincere love makes us authentic. Sincere love keeps us committed to showing up in each other's life. Love helps us to put others' needs ahead of our own. The same way Jesus did as He went to the cross. For me. For you. Jesus did what we couldn't. And His motivation was love. Love makes us excited to serve God by serving people. It's powerful the way Paul ended the, the portion of this letter. Did you see where it says? Always be eager to practice hospitality. He told his listeners to practice hospitality. I believe this is one of the most valuable and overlooked gifts that the church is to express on a daily basis. Men, open up the door for whoever walking into that restaurant. Show hospitality. Be eager to show kindness. Watch what happens. When you demonstrate love to people around, it changes things. That grumpy old person all of a sudden has a little smirk and a smile on their face. 
Love changes things. Now, when the early church began to form after Jesus had obviously his death, his resurrection and ascension back into heaven, that church faced all sorts of trials and tribulations, a lot of suffering. And there was stress in living in a culture that was opposed and against you. It felt tyrannical in many ways. They were persecuted. Out of the necessity, the people inside of the church had, had to bond together to help each other because God's vision for His people was never for them to do life alone, and yet they felt that. And so what did they do? They learned how to lean on each other. They learned how to allow what was going on in your life. You need something? Let me help you. Let's, let's be... A, well, we don't have the same last name. How can we be family? It, it's called... The body of Christ. And when you begin to live like that, it's fun. It's really, really fun. So let's look at this here in Acts chapter 2. This is the beginning of the birth of, of, the, of the church called the way at the time. Verse 42 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place at 1022 Augusta Way, where it said River Rock Fellowship. Oh, it didn't say that in your Bible? Okay. And, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at, at the temple each day, met in homes for Bible study, right? For the Lord's Supper, they, they broke bread, they, they had communion, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord, did you catch that? Added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What does that mean? Oh, the family just kept getting bigger. I mean, we're kind of pumped and excited because we're noticing something these last couple of years. We've added a daughter-in-law. We've added a son-in-law. We've added a, another daughter-in-law. We've got grandbabies. I'm looking at my wife and saying, yeah, we've gone done it. What's going on? The fellowship's growing. The family's growing. What's going on here? It's growing. It's growing. How does it grow? Slow. Slow. I shared this with somebody before, and I'm going to share it with you. I was a, I was a children's pastor. This was a lot of years ago. Actually, when I had actually dark hair, like Nick there, I still had dark hair. Okay, and I'll tell you what happened. The Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I took the job of being a children's pastor. I've been a youth pastor and, and a college pastor, but now God wanted me to be a kid's pastor. It's like, maybe this will fit right. I don't know. And God told me that the church would double in a year. I was wrong. It was 14 months. And we had to go to two services. The church just went boom. 
And I, I pulled all the volunteers in, and the ones that were real tight, and we all got around this cafe. We had a cafe, and we were all around the table. And I said, guys, I got to tell you something. We were just having a great time fellowshipping and just chit-chatting, talking scripture and drinking our sodas and stuff. And I just said, guys, listen, gang, we got to really enjoy this right now while it's small. They go, what do you mean? I go, guys, in just a little while, this scene's going to be so big. It's going to be a completely different world. So we get to be at the front end of it. And we're going to have all these memories that the new crew isn't going to have. And we don't want to embarrass them and make them feel like they're not a part. So I just want you to really enjoy this. But be careful when we get big to not make anybody feel like they're an outsider. And it wasn't much time later, they all came up to me and they go, you were so right, Pastor. I'm feeling that same thing here, guys. God's going to do something. It's going to be like, what just happened? Because no pastor can make a church grow. Can't. There's only one who makes a church or a ministry grow. His name is Jesus. It's God. It's God. And our obedience to just submit to Him. And before you know it, the fellowship is sweeter. It's, it's just more intense. So in this passage, we see one of the clearest and most honest views of what it's like to be part of the early church, the way, the Jesus movement in Acts chapter 2. I mean, the people regularly gathered for fellowship, for teaching, for eating, for doing communion, for worshiping. Their faith was, was central to their daily lives. And the truth is, that's how it is with you guys. And if it isn't for you, well, man, make it happen. It's an easy adjustment. How do you do it? Just a little bit at a time. Don't go big. Just go a little bit at a time. And then a little bit more, and a little bit more, and then you know the rest of the story. Folks, you all reach out to one another, and it's beautiful. When somebody's in a time of need, you guys are making meals for each other and bringing them to each other's homes. It's, it's special. And as a pastor, I get to see that happen organically. But the truth of it is, there's storms that come out of nowhere. They come at us, and we're like, where was that? How come? What? And, and we start to feel and wonder about a lot of crazy things. But I got a little story I want to share with you. There was this captain. He's a captain of a boat, and he had all of his, well, his, his friends. But the truth is, is let's just say this, uh, this sea captain was, let's just say he was completely out of fellowship with God, hadn't gone to church in a long, long time. And he spoke like a sailor, if you know what I mean. And he had all of his buddies, his heathen buddies, fishermen, and they were all out there doing their thing, and out of nowhere came a storm. And they really believed it was going to destroy their boat, and they wouldn't make it back to shore. And they told the captain, you got to do something. He goes, what? We don't know. Just pray. And he's like, I haven't prayed in 15 years. I don't even go to church. And so then they get back trying to do whatever and they're trying to throw water off the boat and they're just doing, they're really freaking out. They yell him, do something. And finally he says, okay, 
And this is what he prayed. Oh Lord, I haven't asked for anything from you for 15 years. And if you help me now and bring us to safety, I won't bother you again for another 15 years. Hello. The truth is we don't know when a major storm in life is going to hit. It's one of the many reasons it's so important to maintain being in fellowship with God, with His church, and with family. Because let's be honest, when we pray like, I won't bother you for another 15 years, I really don't think that's much of a prayer. If you know what I mean. My mom and dad's house sold and it closed this last week and we're pretty excited about the majority of all that stuff to be done. There's still things. If, you, if those of you who've ever had to work in a state, you know. But I wanted an item in particular from my mom and dad's house. And in, uh, in my mom and dad's living room, in Spanish, we call it the sala. In the sala, there's this this, this chair, it's, it's a really nice chair. There's some wood on it and everything else. And anyways, this chair was where so much fellowship really happened. In this chair, you see, it, to me it represents family fellowship. It's where my mom would lead the family in communion. It's where my dad would pray a blessing over all of us in the family. It's where the Bible would be open and read out loud to the family. It's where the family would pray together. It's where it all happened. It's that chair where we were exposed to the Gospel. Folks, Thanksgiving is coming up in just a few weeks. And I want to encourage you to value your fellowship with family, with church family. Do you have a chair? A chair that's been set aside for the things of God. Where communion happens. Where prayer happens. Where the Word of God is open and read out loud where it happens in the house before you cut up the turkey, before you eat. I want to encourage you to stay connected to the family of God, to the people of your family, if it's possible. Let's be honest. Sometimes there are situations where it's not safe or it's just not healthy. But if it is at all possible, stay connected to family. Why? It does something to your soul. Because you and I were not designed to be lone rangers. We're designed to do fellowship. To be in fellowship with God. To be in fellowship with His church. To be in fellowship with family. To be in fellowship. And you know what happens? Strength, joy, peace, hope. I mean, all those things that the Bible talked about, 
It comes from being in fellowship. How are you in that fellowship arena? Whether it's with God, with church, with family? Is there something that could be focused on a little bit better? This ain't to condemn anybody. We all got things that aren't right or could be improved. Hello? Am I the only one raising hands around here? So, Father, I pray for Your people. I pray, Father, for restoration and reconciliation. I pray for all of us that we would not abandon and reject fellowship. That we would spend time every day in fellowship with You. Open up Your Word and pray. Lord, that we would have fellowship with the body of Christ. That we'd be evangelistic, that this trunk or treat, we would all be out there with big smiles, authentically loving Father people. That they would find that Jesus cares for them, died on the cross for them. I pray, Father, you would just touch your people and help us all, Lord, to have that chair where fellowship happens where the Word of God is read, where prayer happens, where communion happens, Lord, that it would be that focal point, that legacy that reminds us that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Lord, bless Your people. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.